there everyone, this is James Lindsay, you're listening to New Discourses Bullets, in which I give a bullet point type summary of one topic about woke Marxism so that we can beat it. And today that is how to win in general, it is actually political organizing. We have to do some political organizing. Do you guys not understand that the left has won not just because they were able to infiltrate the institutions, which helped, but because they do relentless community organizing. President Obama was a community organizer. You have to understand that one of their mottos is think uh, think global, act local. You have to get involved locally. And so here's the problem that a lot of people that are that are conservatives and patriots fail to understand. They say fun, wild things like we need to ban diversity, equity, and inclusion. We need to end ESG. We need to repeal the 19th Amendment, which I don't agree with. I think it's actually idiotic, but I can understand their frustration. These are great big giant things that you can't do when you don't have power. Now, this isn't some weird right-wing rant about gaining power. That's not what this is about. I don't want the weird right-wing to do this first. I don't want them to gain power. I want liberty-minded, cause of liberty, seventy spirit of 76 Americanists to get power and to control uh, the this pieces of our society so that where Benjamin Franklin said, it's a republic if you can keep it, we can do the keeping it part, which is our responsibility. If we can keep it, right? He said, if you can keep it, that's us. We're the you that he was referring to. And so how do you do this? How do we win? And it all has to do with community organizing, thinking, uh, thinking in the bigger picture while acting locally. And the problem is that our conservative side is presently represented largely in the American political system by a gigantic piece of infrastructure that would be very great to wield and use called the Republican Party. Now, on the other side, the left side of the aisle, there is a piece of gigantic, powerful political infrastructure called the Democratic Party that over the past 15 or so years, 20 years, the especially since 2000, say, I don't know, eight, roughly when Obama was going, the, the left has been the far left, the radical left, the communists, the woke, the Marxists have been consolidating power within that apparatus. They've been building and consolidating power in the Democratic Party. They've been expelling members who were more moderate. You can think maybe Al Franken. They were they were they were destroying people who didn't toe the line. They were doing everything they could to run an insurgency into the party. The march through the institutions into the Democratic Party was not all subterfuge and subversion and, and infiltration. It wasn't all quiet and calm. A lot of it was quite uh, vigorous. The Justice Democrats, headed by a guy named Zach Exley. Zach, like Zachary Exley, E-X-L-E-Y, a unfortunately brilliant community organizer who was able to motivate the Justice Democrats. That's the squad, you all. That's AOC, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ilhan Omar, Cori Bush, that, that crowd of actual hardened Marxists that are operating in the U.S. Congress right now. The Justice Democrats ran a campaign to consolidate power using intersectionality and woke politics, woke identity politics to do it. Is pretty straightforward. It's the unity criticism unity model from Mao. Either you're on board with the intersectional plus climate change sustainable and inclusion model, or you're a major problem in what's hindering us from going anywhere. And they were able to consolidate power. The problem is on the conservative side, we don't have that. Our piece of infrastructure, known as the Republican Party, is mostly staffed by 
what we call rhinos, Republicans in name only. In other words, people that don't, they hold the Republican Party label, some of whom are literally Democrats that are posing as Republicans, some of whom are literally communists who are posing as Republicans, but they hold the Republican label, but they do so only in name. They don't hold Republican values. And I don't mean that in capital R way. I mean that in the fact, like Benjamin Franklin said, this is a republic if you can keep it, and they don't hold the values of a republic. They are technocrats, just like their friends and the Marxist left. And that's a problem. Maybe they have a different smiley face. Maybe they have some slightly different goals. Maybe they like to do neoliberal policy as opposed to communist policy. But the fact of the matter is they're not trying to conserve the republic. And so what people that want to stop the woke, that want to stop the American cultural revolution need to understand is that we need to take back the republican apparatus before we're going to have the power to achieve any of the big policy things or even the small policy things that we went that we want. If we want to take back control of schools, we do need to get school boards and we need to empower them to do things. But that gets a lot easier and more powerful if there's a large apparatus behind them that's dedicated to doing it. And so what you actually, what too few people are thinking about is precinct seats, district seats, and more importantly, local level political party, Republican party seats. And so in order to win, what we have to do is we have to combine, there, there's there's the ugly F word here, which is funding. You do have to play the fundraising game, but this will follow from the rest of the strategy I want to give to you. What you need to win are three things that are that form a feedback loop together. You need numbers, you need realistic targets, and you need energy and momentum. So those things w- need to be forged into a movement of positive feedback loop so that you are taking back your local areas, taking back your state, building energy and building power and consolidating it as we go. And again, we're consolidating it for the cause of liberty. The problem is, like I said, that we're working mostly against rhinos. We have this giant piece of infrastructure called the the Republican Party, and it's blocked up with a bunch of people who don't want to win this game, as far as I can tell, as far as any of us can tell. Because we're desperate, we waste a lot of our time and energy shooting up near the top. We start trying to figure out how to get policy, how do we get this banned, how do we get that installed, how do we get a parental rights, how do we do this, how do we get legislators on our side, and we're looking at um, you know federal politics, we're looking at the presidency, these things all matter, I'm not saying to ignore them, we're looking at governors, legislatures, Congress, and that's fine, but what we need to really move those things around is leverage, and we don't have that, and leverage starts local and builds out from there. So what we should be working on the hardest are the most winnable battles that are right in front of us. Those in particular aren't just, you know, oh, here's a school board that hardly anybody's running for. Um, We need to be running for things that also allow us not just to, to do effect, but just build and consolidate power while building positive momentum and gaining numbers. That's that feedback loop. What ha- That all happens by taking over the smallest GOP-centered Republican Party local apparatuses around us, whether it's local, county, district, or whatever, and using that growth and energy. Say it's in the state of Connecticut, they go by township. Maybe it's in other places, it's by county. So you're going to take over the county or the township Republican Party. 
say you get 10 or 20 of those across your state, maybe there's a few, a hundred of them or whatever, you get say 10 or 20 of them. Now you have a caucus that can leverage the state party and you can end up with a uh, a patriot in the position of um, state RNC chair. Well, you get a dozen states or so with real leverage in their state RNC chairs. They're making sure things in the party are doing stuff in the right direction. And all of a sudden you start creating a lot of leverage, not just on local politics and state politics, but also on national politics. And that's the idea of building uh, with a strategy that starts local and builds uh, bigger. And the local targets aren't even the position races. They're the party races. We want to get control of the Republican Party apparatus and infrastructure and start chasing rhinos out of it. Um, these are all win winnable entities, just like school boards, county, city commission, precinct seats, local judges. These are the kinds of things we should be focusing energy on and getting good people in. To get good people, we need people. So you need to get more people to come. So how in the world do you get people to show up? Probably if you're listening, you either know somebody or you, uh, you run a grassroots organization yourself. Well, it's a little community organizing goes a long way. You get people involved and you get them informed. Most importantly, you get them willing to show up to the meetings or elections where these people are voted in, whether it's party people. We're going to show up to the local Republican meeting and we're going to get our people put into positions of leadership on the committee for, or even the chair for the local Republican party, the county party, the state party eventually. And what you do to build this energy and to get even funding, because when you tell people what you're doing and you show them the results you're putting on the board, they will fund you when you go to ask for money. What you do is you first encourage people to you start having meetings. The meetings should be in person. They should be regular. And you start encouraging people to not just come, but to bring a friend whenever possible. If you can come up with a, a prize system for people, an incentive system for people who bring the most people, that's great. You'll get people out. Do things that are fun. To get people to come, don't just have boring meetings. Do things that are fun. Have have a party, literally. Have a party. Invite young people. Get get the college Republicans interested. Get young people involved. And then what you're going to do behind the scenes is you're going to start making campaigns that are very specific. And you want to tell people, here's our campaign. And if it's we're going to get X Y Z on the uh, you know in the Congress, or we're we're going to get so and so elected, or we're going to get the we're going to ban CRT or some huge policy win. This is not the right way. The campaigns you need to be launching is listen. Here's what our organization is targeting. We're going to get people like us. We're going to get patriots in charge of local party apparatuses and chairs so that we can take back power and start leveraging bigger things from those positions. So you set an achievable and concrete goal of getting people in power locally in the party and in the community. And then you give people that are coming action items to help achieve it. Recruit, show up, vote, donate, get behind, support, door knock, put out signs, vet good nominees, recommend people who are good people, stay positive, have each other's back, always back each other up, stand in solidarity if they attack. Make it clear that everybody's always going to have, everybody in the whole organization is going to have everybody else's back. And what you're going to do is you're going to start building energy as you go, which helps recruitment through announcing specific achievable goals and then achieving them and then pointing to the victory. That builds momentum. That looks like winning. It's not the team losing and everybody wanting to stay on the bench. That's all of a sudden the team's coming back. They got five yards and all of a sudden people want to get back in the game. They got a first down. Everybody wants to get in the game. Oh my God, we got a touchdown. We got some points on the board. Let's go. It builds energy to start winning. So what you do is you pick small 
small things that you can win, win them, point to the fact that you won them. Say, hey, see that, see that seat in the Republican Party here in the local county level? We're going to take that for our people, and then we're going to put some people in that. We're going to do great things in it, and then we're going to take the next thing. And as soon as you get people on that commission, you say, hey, look, we got people on the commission, and now we're going to the next thing. And here's what it is. We got three people on there. We're going to have set. We're going to have seven, and then we're going to take the whole board. And the next thing you know, we're also going to start helping our other local townships or counties, and we're also going to start using that power that we're accruing to start putting pressure on the state party. We're not going to leave the state GOP alone if they're going to be a bunch of rhinos. And you just keep doing this. Get them to turn out more than enough people to the relevant meetings and bring more people to do it. Hey, look, guys, this strategy works. That's all you got to tell people. All these elections at the meetings require or are based off of however many people show up. Well, usually 65 people show up. So let's bring 300 and make sure our people win. So then we're going to win the seats. We're going to get the, get the seats in position. We're going to get the victory. And then you announce the march of the previous wins and you do this over and over and over again. As you accrue small and local wins, shift your gears to making sure those people are accountable to the movement so that we continue, so they don't get bought out or corrupted or bent over a barrel and continue leveraging the power that they're granted to affect the next bigger things, more district seats, chair positions, the state GOP. Uh, start trying to aim for those things as you grow. And again, you're all along. You're, you're building numbers, uh, power, and momentum. That wasn't the three things. You're building uh, numbers. Uh, yeah, realist, you're achieving realistic targets, and you're, and you're building momentum by doing it. And so this is what you have to keep doing again and again. Your first goals should be, like I said, to get a number of local party apparatuses under your control, then leverage those and the numbers that you're building through your declarations of, of, of conquest and victory toward gaining control of the next higher thing up, the state-level apparatuses. Once you start getting the state-level apparatuses, you build again and you build again and you build again. Every local wind builds energy. You use the energy to recruit, to mobilize, to fundraise, and to continue to drive the story upwards. At success with each stage, you must point out that you succeeded. Hey, we said we're going to do this thing, and then we did it. And then you announce, immediately announce the next achievable targets up the line. Hey, guys, we got five yards down. Let's get five more, and we get a first down. Let's go. That's what you've got to do again and again. This will use will paint the path to victory to people. It will inspire people to step up. And instead of stepping up to something where they try and they lose, and they go home defeated, and they try and they lose, and they go home defeated, you show them the way to point to things where you show up and you win, and they want to win more. This is simple. So the first big, big milestone that you're going to have that you kind of hold out, this will be two or three or four achievable goals down the line, depending on what state you're in, is throwing out the rhinos running the, the state Republican Party. You want to get control of the state RNC chair and commission. That's what you want. You want your movement in your state to grow strong enough to do that. And if you do, you can bet they're going to be scared and upset because they start to be able to put massive pressure on the elected representatives in the state, the governor, even the congressman of that state, the entire state apparatus starts to come under your control. And now you're wielding a lot of power. You're actually taking back your state at that point, And you can start to get real policy wins as a result, instead of them getting blocked by corrupt uh, and, and ideologically um, ambiguous rhinos that are in the way. We're not just going to randomly, organically take back power for the cause of liberty and protect our country. It starts out local, putting the right people in the right places and leveraging the power upwards. But all along, what we do is achieve and announce victories to build energy and momentum. 
We get the silent majority, which we know is huge, off the bench that way. That way we can constantly recruit. We can fundraise and get more stuff behind us because we're getting wins. We're making a path. We're building victory. We're getting numbers. And you can remind people every step of the way that what got us here was getting numbers. Getting numbers matters. Getting more people out matters. And these people can make a difference if they turn out. And what they're supposed to do is vote where it matters. Just continue following this plan. If all you can get out and take in the world right now is a barn, go out and take the barn and tell everybody you took over the barn. That's where you have your meetings now. You see the kind of pattern and build from there. Once you start taking positions, you have to develop strategies for each position that you're able to claim and make sure that the people that go into them know the strategy. That strategy has to include what they can do on the board to protect citizens at the local level, the the positions that they're in, which is maybe it's just throw sand in the gears. Maybe it's in a position where they can actually start making real change depending on what the numbers are on that board. If you have a majority or a wide majority, you can do a lot policy-wise. If you don't, you can put a lot of sand in the gears and you can be an inspiration um, to the community by standing up where nobody else will. But the bigger part of that strategy is that it's not just about what that position can do in the local specific position that they're in, but what they can do in terms of leveraging the position up against the broader party apparatus and community apparatus so we can move up the chain. That's so important. School board members are going to be able to talk to legislators in ways that that normal people don't necessarily have the power to affect them because they're already in the system doing something. So you want to get people, especially in the RNC-specific, the Republican Party-specific stuff, you want to get people worked up not just to affect change through the position directly, but through the influence that position has further up the chain in the party. You want to make a real problem for the rhinos and start pushing them out. You want them really to either get in, get in line or get out of the way. That's the, And you're going to get that by getting large numbers of people who start showing up to things that start taking the ground out from under them if they don't uh, get in line. As you gain and consolidate power in your patriot hands, some of these achievable tar- targets can start to include meaningful policy wins. So name them, get them, brag about them. Announce them, drive a campaign, win them, tell people you did that and that their contribution, their showing up, their getting involved made the difference. That way you can start taking back your towns, your counties, your districts, your precincts, your schools, and your states one by one by one by one. And it all starts by taking over local political apparatuses, both in the community, but also more specifically in the party, and then working upward and outward. This is all doable. This is all realistic. Where we've been losing partly because not only is the left manipulative and all that, but it's actually really good at this. They call it community organizing, like I said, and it works. There are a lot more people who want the world to get back to normal than, than, than not, and most of them are demoralized. They think they can't win. They don't see a path to winning. They see all of the bad things coming out of the state house, out of the governor's office, out of the Congress, out of the presidency, and they feel powerless to go against it. Remind them where their power is. Their power is right there nearby, that they can take over their local apparatuses. The RNC chair in um, San Francisco doesn't need to look like the one in Ord, Nebraska, but these district three Nebraska, but these things still need to be under the control of people that are local to them, that have a vision to save their city, save their community and, and to protect their citizens. So 
The big takeaway, though, is that no one likes all this losing, and when you shoot at a target that's too big, you lose. So start winning by shooting at realistic close-by targets. Do it again and again and again, repeatedly, and announce every win as a recruitment drive, as more numbers, as more money coming in, as a wheel of energy that just keeps turning. That's, again, you have numbers shooting at achievable targets, and when you achieve the targets, you transform that into momentum to do the next turn of the wheel, including the fundraising. Um, if you uh, are supporting the cause of liberty and the Constitution, and you don't do this, though, sooner or later, the left already is, and the fascist right is going to figure it out sooner or later. So you better start doing it. Beating the rhinos out, boxing out the fascists for liberty is necessary. It's not so important to worry initially about policy wins. They do matter. But uh, those are not achievable goals without power. That was kind of the point of this whole 19th Amendment thing at the beginning. You need to get control of the apparatuses first, and those apparatuses are most achievable locally. It is easy to communicate this strategy to people. Hey, if we're going to make change, we're going to make change through the party apparatus, which has all this power already built into it. But to get a control of the party apparatus, we couldn't get the national RNC chair. We saw what happened with that. So let's get the local one. And we'll get 10 or 12 or 20 local ones, and we're going to pressure the state. And we'll get the state ones. And the state ones can then start to pressure the big ones. And all of a sudden, you can have a domino effect. Um, and, and kind of lastly, just to remind you one more time, you can gain a lot of numbers and a lot of energy just through the simple policy internal of your, your movement policy that you band together with the people who are part of your movement and that you have their backs if they're attacked. If the machine on either side comes for them, whether it's the rhinos, actually all three sides, whether it's the rhinos, the fascists, or the left communists coming after them, smearing them or whatever, trying to struggle session them, get them thrown out of their jobs, uh, cancel culture, stand with them. If they're getting doxxed, back them up, make sure it's good. Uh, standing up for one and another and then working on goals like taking back your party and then taking back your, your, your locality and then taking back your state, working on goals together actually builds camaraderie. It actually is how you build strength through diversity, different people coming together, working on a shared common target or work, working on a goal while having each other's back is how you build political strength. So um, I strongly encourage you to remember this simple approach to gaining to, just to winning is that we start local with the goal of growing, that we're going to focus on taking back the party apparatuses from the local level first, growing bigger. You may as well take uh, take those local commissions and boards and school boards and things along the way. But the whole point is that the whole movement needs to be leveraging every bit of power, not just to do things that it can do within its purview, but leveraging its power to A, get more numbers, name the next level of achievable targets, achieve those targets, and brag about them to build momentum and energy and enthusiasm and positivity and fundraising to go to the next step. This is basic community organizing, basic political strategy. And if you start taking Taking over the winnable things, target the most winnable things in your community first and use that to relay, hey, look, this is, we said we were going to get this and we got it and here's what's going on with it and here's how great it's going and we have this, we want to get this next thing to get that, we, to get this thing, we needed 50 people, we got 50 people, we got 60 people, they showed up, we, we made it happen to get the next thing, we need 600, so get your friends, let's go, we're, we have a winning strategy, bring a friend, let's move. And this actually has a very positive, uh, like I said, 
self-reinforcing dynamic to it. It's a positive feedback loop where wins beget wins beget wins beget wins. But it's also kind of like the parable of the talents. You're building with what little bit you have. You have five talents. You go double your five talents. So you have you have enough people to go win a local precinct seat or you have enough people to win a couple seats on the local RNC chair uh, or commission. And then you've done well with that. You've grown it. And now you're going to double your talents and you're going to take the next biggest thing. It's the same idea. And of course it works. So get out there and start organizing, start gearing your grassroots toward taking back the Republican party to get the rhinos out of our freaking way and collect local level seats as much as possible on our way to leveraging all of that to winning bigger seats. And again and again, name your target, claim your target, brag about your target and build energy and momentum.